This episode is brought to you by our Hosting Handbook mini course. Whether you already started hosting your first Airbnb or you're still trying to soak up as much knowledge as you can, this course is the ultimate cheat sheet. It can transform your hosting from hobby to business. Get our coveted templates that include your welcome book, a turnover handbook, and supply closet spreadsheet, plus other great bonuses you don't want to miss. Our hosting handbook is usually priced at $2.97, but for a very limited time, you can get all of this for a special price of $27. Head to www.thanksforvisiting.me forward slash hosting handbook to get instant access. Now on to the show. You're listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. We believe hosting with heart is at the core of every successful short-term rental. With Annette's background in business operation and Sarah's extensive hospitality management and interior design experience, this dynamic duo has welcomed more than 2,000 guests from 25 countries, earning them over half a million dollars and garnering them over 650 five-star reviews. Now they're ready to share creative ways for your listing to stand out, to serve your guests and be profitable. Each episode will have knowledgeable guests who bring value to the short-term rental industry, or Annette and Sarah will share stories about their own experiences so you can implement actionable improvements to your own rentals. Whether you're experienced, new, or nervous to start your own short-term rental, we promise you'll feel right at home. Here are your hosts, Annette and Sarah. All right, Annette, let's start this show like we start every show, and let's dote on a thanks for visiting community member via our hashtag SDR Share Sunday. Who are we going to share today? We are sharing. It's a long one, but a good one. So be ready. It is at West End Whisk Away Nashville. Again, West, W E S D, and E N D, Whisk, W H I S K, Away, A W A Y, Nashville. Yes. And I don't, I don't know if this is our first plus Airbnb that we're featuring, but it's one of the first. So she is an Airbnb plus host, which is super exciting. Mm-hmm. Anna is her name. Anna. Yes. We love so your what place, are some Anna. things we love about her place? It is... First of all, the exterior is gorgeous. It's a 1920s Tudor. So and it is... She has an actual, actual sketch in it in her... Instagram bio photo and it's just charming. But what I love, she's she's crushing it on the Instagram. Something on social media I'd like to point out, we I don't really see this that often is that she also has a Facebook page. So she's leveraging both Instagram and Facebook and that's very mm-hmm. smart of her. And then um I mean her Instagram's just nailing it. She goes through, you know, uh, some photos of her place, her favorite spots around town. The neighborhood, she actually shows pictures of the other houses in the neighborhood. That is something I don't know if I've ever really seen. She actually goes through and highlights what other places look like because they're gorgeous. And I think what's Mm. smart about that, Sarah, is a lot of times, I will say I've seen this before, someone might have a beautiful space, but their neighbors aren't Mm -hmm. the greatest. sketch. (laughs) Yes. So I really appreciate that she showed like, hey, not only is my place beautiful, but the whole entire neighborhood is. So you're going to 
be sub, you know immersed in the same type of style once you drive into the neighborhood. And I just I don't see that that often. And if you are fortunate enough to have beautiful architecture and other places in your neighborhood, please highlight that for your potential guests. Right. It's an amenity. You can even say it's great for walks and show them what mm. they'll see on their walks. And then as a you know as a designer and stager, Annette, what I'm noticing about her listing too that's interesting is it's very minimal. And I will say I like that. As much as I believe in a quality short-term rental stage and I believe in good design and great inviting colors, what I think some people really they do too much of is they 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 stage it or they they furnish it like it's going to be a forever home or someone's home. And sometimes it's just too much stuff, too many mm-hmm. trinkets, too many doodads, too many right, like things on the shelf, tchotchkes. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you've got to, those things can break, they can go missing, they're hard to keep clean, they're hard to keep the surface that they're on clean, right? Like, so I really like that she's got a really warm, bright, inviting space. She has everything you need, but it's it's just, it's everything you need and nothing more and nothing less, which I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just kind of crushing all of the... There's a ton of natural light too in this place. Mm-hmm. And no, it's it's just well done. We definitely want want to stay there. But yeah, take a, take a look. She also does what Sarah and I love in, in her photos, especially on Instagram. They're very staged so you can feel like, you know, they're lifestyle photos. So you can really imagine yourself there in the space enjoying a cup of coffee or sitting on her couch. And she uses quotes a lot too, which I love that. But yeah, yeah check check her out. She's, she's doing it right. West yes. End, Whiskaway, Nashville. Anna, we appreciate you using our hashtag. We cannot wait to come visit you in Nashville and listen to some music and eat some amazing food. Yeah. But if you want to be... Ooh, I like this. Her quote is, Southern charm meets modern amenities. I like that. I love that. If you, Sarah, what do people need to do so we can share them on our podcast? So all you have to do, and you guys, we're looking all the time for great hosts to share on our podcast. All you have to do is use our hashtag on Instagram. It's just the easiest way for us to find you. So if you don't have an Instagram account yet for your short-term rental, you should uh, get one, set it up, share some photos from your listing. And then when you do so, use our hashtag because we are following it and so are other people. So use our hashtag SDRSHARESUNDAY. We will share you on the podcast. We will also share you on our Instagram feed. And we just cannot wait to celebrate more and more hosts each and every week. So... Annette, without further ado, can we move on to the show? Let's get on to the show. All right, Annette, let's hop right into today's show. We've got back our Justin Ford, who is our expert in all things short-term rental and vacation rental safety. Guess who's back? Back again. Back again. Safety Ford. He's our friend. (laughs) Justin, things have changed since you've last been on the show. You know, they have changed. You know, it's... um. It's pretty incredible. Who would have known where we are today versus uh, our last episode when we were just concerned about dryer fires, which are still very important. Correct. They are still very, very important. And if you haven't uh, listened to that episode, listeners, you need to check it out. And this should inspire you to go and check your your relent traps and all that kind of good stuff. But we're going to talk about something that's kind of a new safety concern, Justin. Yes? 
We are. You know, it's unbelievable. And I, I was checking this out knowing that I got an opportunity to speak with you guys today. If you Google search cleaning and safety together prior to March of this year, it talked about making sure you know you didn't mess, mix ammonia with uh, Clorox bleach and that you kept your cleaning chemicals out of the way so that you know kids didn't get into them and don't eat Tide Pods. And obviously now you just have to look and in on, online and everything refers to cleaning and safety being one thing. Right. And we, we talked to you when we touched base with you earlier this month, Justin, you said that cleaning is now safety. And before, would we have really put it in that same column? Truly, we would have, no. I would have put it more in a hospitality side than an actual safety bucket. It wouldn't have had anything anywhere really near that. And in all the comprehensive safety checklists we've put together, um, over the past seven years now, as I said, mentioned, really the only thing we ever touched on was keeping chemicals out of the reach of children. So what does this mean for, for hosts moving forward, Justin? Are, are there things that you believe that they should focus on more than others? Is it something that they can totally figure... Like, what's the learning curve on this? I guess is what I want to ask you. Well, there's a couple parts to this, and I'm, I'm hopeful during our, our short time together here today, we can kind of get into some of those. On one, one side, you have everything that's rolling out now. And unfortunately, uh, the vacation rental industry you know, has a few leaders. And when you talk about leaders, you talk about industry leaders. And those are generally the ones that get or have the loudest voice. And so you've got Expedia, Booking, and of course, Airbnb. And they are able to come out and say what they believe it is now. Um, you also have the hotel industry. And the hotel industry, more so than anyone, is uh, it's a bigger industry than vacation rentals, arguably. And uh, that's all they're talking about now is clean and safe certifications for hotels, um, every press release coming out of hotels in the past 48 hours is related to you know, cleaning and safety certifications now. But the third part of that is also, what do the guests actually expect? And already, we're seeing a, a, a divisive line between what the guests want and expect versus what, uh, what the hospitality industry is starting to step up and serve. Can, can you elaborate on that, Justin? Yeah, so... We don't know what's going to happen yet. Are there short-term rentals going on right now? Absolutely. You know, we know right now that there's nurses and doctors and healthcare workers that are staying in short-term rentals, and um, we know that there's you know construction still going on out there, and so those construction workers that are staying in some. But we really don't know what vacationers are going to do and what they're going to want yet. Um, we're just guessing right now. And, and by, I, by me saying we're guessing, that's the whole industry saying <laughs> is guessing what people are going to want and expect. What are the leaders thinking they're going to want and expect? Have you gotten any sort of insight as to what hotels have been chatting about and what their efforts are going to look like moving forward? You know, it's interesting. About a week ago, I got a a sneak peek at one of the top Las Vegas resorts, 50, 60 page protocol list of what they're going to do now for cleaning. And it dives deep talking about sanitizing dice and poker chips and 
one person at a time in an elevator, uh, disinfecting the elevator buttons um, in between people going up. Oh I mean, just gosh. really in-depth things. Airbnb, of course, uh, recently announced that they're coming out with a 40-page cleaning checklist. We worked on a, 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 excuse me, a cleaning checklist at Breezeway. We've always had cleaning checklists. We've revised those to include a lot more of the things now that you want to do in a, in a pandemic when you're dealing with a virus and added a lot of things into those. But I'm not getting the sense that renters or people who are staying in lodging establishments have looked at those lists yet or are wondering, gee, should I stay in a, an Airbnb right now? And how clean are they going to have it? Um, and what are they going to do to clean it? You know, I think there's a little bit of that. But, um, you know, I just talked to a friend of mine who has a big vacation rental company in Georgia. And Georgia is, is going to be our test market. They're the first big vacation market that's opening up to allow people to stay in uh, short-term rentals um, who want to just simply go on vacation. And he told me he hasn't had anybody ask about cleaning. They're asking about, does the grill work? How far away is a propane tank? Where's the nearest hiking trail? Is there firewood for the fireplace? So, I mean, it's if that's an early indicator, I think it's going to go along the lines of what I believe we're going to see. So interesting too. And I guess, you know, not only do short-term rental providers like Annette and myself I'm not really know what to expect, but I guess guests may not know what questions to ask either and, and whether or not they should be concerned prior to arrival. It's so funny because in our listings here in Columbus, we did all these things to ensure that they understand that we are following CDC recommendations and all all the things. And I've not gotten one person because we are our short-term rentals are operating here in Columbus. And not one person has asked us to dive in deeper or any, you know what I mean? It's like it's like you said, Justin. It's like you know, do you have wine glasses there? <laughs> Is there a washer and dryer um, always available? You know, it's it's so interesting. People are anxious to get out and start their vacation. They've been holed up in their houses, and if you think about it, what what are the few places that we've been allowed to go to? And that's been grocery stores, Home Depot, Walmart. We've been able to go out to those places. None of us know if we got sick from those places. I mean, I've been coming and going to those. I assume I haven't gotten infected. But I think that that, in, in being in your own house, if you haven't had anybody in there, which you haven't, you haven't really considered what would happen if somebody brings in the virus. So I just don't think people have necessarily put that as a focus as much as get me out of here, let me go out and stay somewhere else right now. Right. What sort of cleaning aspects should hosts be focusing on now, Justin? I mean, I know they should focus on all cleaning aspects, but anything that's really standing out to you in all your conversations you're having that might be something different from what we were doing before that we really need to be focusing on now? Yeah, I love this. This is um, a topic that that I've been talking about a lot recently. What's, What's different between cleaning right now in this COVID environment, COVID-19 environment, versus how you were cleaning on January 1st um, after the, your New Year's guest left. And so really the big difference now, and I can shorten this up into a few bullet points. I mean, it's, it's not dramatically different. Maybe you already wore gloves when you cleaned before, but you, now you definitely have to wear gloves. And you've got to wash your hands after you take your gloves off, just in case you get something on your hands. 
used to be that you cleaned um, dirty surfaces. That's what it was. You took soap and water or Mr. Clean or whatever it was, and you cleaned the bathroom. And in some core areas, bathroom, kitchen, you disinfected them. Now, you have to clean, but you also have to disinfect or sanitize everything. Um, And when I say everything, light switches, window cranks, every surface in the house. And you've got to become a little bit more of an expert now yourself on what type of cleaning chemicals can be used on certain things. For example, electronics, you don't want to use Clorox on the TV remote. It needs to be sanitized. So, you know, you've got to use some alcohol, 70%, 80% alcohol wipes. So a little bit difference in making sure you understand that. And you really need to understand what the difference is between sanitizing or disinfecting. I'll kind of stop talking here for a minute just by reminding people that sanitizers reduce bacteria on a surface by at least 99%. Typically, sanitizing is something you do for food preparation, whereas disinfectants kill a wider range of microorganisms than sanitizers, and they really get in and kill. That's the word I want to use is disinfectants kill viruses. Can we talk about soft products in our cases? That's what I'm... That's Well, when you were talking about, you know, the dice and... Uh, elevator buttons, the first thing that came to probably Sarah and my minds both is, okay, throw pillows, throw blankets, duvets. That's kind of what I would say in a a, um, short-term rental. So what are we supposed to do with those surfaces that can't be disinfected, but people are still touching and using? Or can they just by spraying, like, can we just spray Lysol on our, because we'll have couches, you know, we'll have those soft things that need to stay there, even if we eliminate the throw pillow. So we'll let Justin talk because we have a lot of questions. (laughs) This is the most, probably one of the most talked about subjects in the professional uh, vacation rental industry. This is what all of the big companies, the agencies that manage, you know, a thousand vacation rentals on the Outer Banks of North Carolina or the, the ones that are hosting, um, you know, hundreds of people at Dollywood and Gatlinburg, that type of stuff. So those are the big ones right now uh, that they're trying to figure out what to do with this as well, because what is the deal with soft stuff? And what's interesting is just today, the New England Journal of Medicine came out and said, yeah, there's a lot of press out there about how long a virus can last on plastic and stainless steel. We've all heard 72 hours, which sounds really scary. But what's more important is the amount of the virus that actually remains. And what they're saying today is it's less than 0.1% of the starting virus material. So while infection is theoretically possible, it's unlikely that it's going to occur when you're dealing with 0.1% of a starting virus. So people need to know that. When it gets into soft, porous things like the clothing, throw pillows, blankets on a couch, all this stuff, you know, all that we can say right now is is if you can wash it, wash it and use hot water. If you can't wash it, put vinegar and water in, you know, you get those uh, carpet cleaners that, um, or steam cleaners, if you can use a vinegar water solution Mm -hmm. and put it on there. Mm -hmm. And of course, germicidal sprays, if you were just going to go in and spray it, I know some of the professional vacation companies are just using germicidal sprays, like what hospital grade type stuff. You spray it, leave it for two hours, it dries on there, it doesn't leave an odor, and supposedly it's going to kill it. But 
it's really important to remember that that soft material, maybe two to three hours is what they're seeing for the virus surviving on it. It's going to be more likely to last on a hard versus soft. No, I think that's great news for, for us on the soft surfaces. Right. What about leaving cleaning supplies for your next guest? Do you think that's going to be a trend? And do you think that you could get bookings just if you were to kind of advertise I think, Justin, you know, we, we chat a little bit before the show and you said that the way um, we advertise our spaces is going to change and the cleanliness, the perception of it. So if should we be leaving cleaning supplies for our guests and should we be advertising that? So really, this is what it all comes down to now. It's marketing. And there are some people who are really smart at marketing right now who not only with vacation rentals, but other type of travel areas of, um, of the world are saying bookings are through the roof right now. And they're trying to put that perception out there that other people are booking. Why aren't you? So the way that you can address that, I think, is going to be by saying, I'm following all the CDC recommended protocols for cleaning products. Now, be careful with this. This is where some people are making a mistake. They say they're following CDC cleaning guidelines. The CDC doesn't tell anybody how to clean. They just give recommendations on products you should be used uh, or types of products you should be using, whether it's sanitizers and, and disinfectant. There's no one out there that is absolutely 100% saying, this is everything that you need to do to clean. They're just giving recommendations. And so I think that's going to be part of what you do from a marketing point of view. And you can say you've got some cleaning products in the house, but I think whether you say it or you don't, you do, because that's just going to be nice that a guest walks in and sees that uh, there's a bottle of uh, Clorox spray or Clorox wipes sitting on the counter along with the welcome book and um, whatever you leave for the guests when they arrive at the house. Do you think, Justin, that we're going to start seeing some, like you said, Georgia is kind of like the test market right now. Do you think it's unsafe for people to stay in short-term rentals? Do you think there's going to be um, certain short-term rentals that see more traffic moving forward than others? I, I think probably there's a good argument to make that short-term rentals are the safest place that you could go stay besides your home. People are going to be motivated to clean and ensure that the properties are clean. They're going to want to give that perception that the vacation properties are pristine. And when you go stay in a rental, you should be comfortable staying in one. I think that uh, there's no reason to say that they're not safe. They're certainly safer than going to the grocery store or to Home Depot or any other place which can't clean immediately after everybody's there. They may wipe down the conveyor belt where you're setting food or put a plexiglass you know, screen between them, but they're, they're not even close to that. So I think there's an argument to be made that of all the places you could go right now, other than your own home, where you're paying money to do something, it's going to be a short-term rental is the safest place. Which is good news for all of our listeners who are hosts or thinking about becoming hosts. So, you know, and I agree with you, Justin. I, I did a, you know, tiny little poll on my Instagram, just wondering what people who I hung out with on social media were thinking. And, you know, of the 300 people that responded to it, um, I think it was like 225. So they'd rather stay in a short-term rental than a hotel. So, you know, and whether or not that... I mean, I think that was before this all happened too. People had preferences of 
where they'd like to stay. I want to talk about our cleaners. How was their job going to change? Or do you see cleaning rates going up at least across the US and the markets that we actually you know, have a lot of um, experience with? What do you see happening in that industry? So that's, that's another big unknown. And that's a tough one where we're speculating a lot. For a lot of people who own their own home and maybe just hire an individual cleaner that comes in, it's, it's relatively easy to say, hey, this is what I want you to do. But it's a difficult balance for others that manage three, four, or, or are an agency because of the fact that they are using their cleaners like as a vendor. They're paying them through a 1099. And the difference between compensating someone directly, cash, you know, hey, it's 100 bucks to clean my house, here's 100 bucks, versus taking the taxes out and calling them employees, is that you can't tell them what to do. You can't tell them how to clean. And so there's a lot of trust that's going to go into effect. And I think there's a lot for people who are professional cleaners to come stand out and say, hey, we're going to do this. And I think if you're hiring someone who's a cleaner, you want to ask them, you know, what do you know about cleaning for COVID and understand what type of checklist that they're using. That's one of the things that, you know, that, as I said, we've built the breezeway of these checklists. There's others that are out there. But yeah, they're going to need to be compensated more. We know professionals already in a lot of cases have doubled their cleaning fees. We've seen cleaning fees go from 100 to $200. And people feel pretty confident that that's worth doing. And I think for the renters, it's understandable right now. It used to take four hours to, to clean the rental when it was being vacuumed and the toilet and tub and beds were being made. But now you're, you're going in there and using Clorox wipes on every light switch, every pull chain, every single surface in the house, every window crank, the garage door opener. That never got sanitized. Even the, <laughs> even the propane tank under the grill, that needs to be sanitized and disinfected. It's never happened before. Who's ever done that? Um, but that needs to be done now. So obviously, they, they deserve more compensation for that. Absolutely. I this just popped into my head because your, your point about the propane tank. Is there any research on hot tubs and pools and the virus currently? There is. And actually, I was part of a, a group recently that was very much talking about this in the pool and hot tub industry. Um, and the nice thing is, is that hot water kills the virus. Okay. So pools and hot tubs are, are very safe. Um, really more the focus um, that people have had is what about the pool servicing or hot tub servicing companies that typically come during someone's stay to add more water, add chemicals and, and spacing and making sure that the renters feel comfortable that who's this stranger that's just walked onto the property that before maybe they went, oh, that's the pool guy. Now it's, oh my gosh, the pool guy is here. How close is he going to get to us? So that's been more the attention that that's getting than it is whether or not the water's safe. And can a guest ever say, Justin, that you know, if they were to get sick after checking out or while staying there, what does that look like if, if hosts are worried about guests claiming they've, they've gotten sick because of staying in their short-term rental? Is that a concern? I've been in touch with some, um, some lawyers on this topic. That's another one that people have talked about. Even before COVID, there's been some instances with mold in short-term rentals and if someone gets sick because of mold and... Um, Legionnaire's disease in a hot tub. Did they get it because of that one single hot tub? That's that's really hard stuff to prove when 
you were only at this one rental, it was tested positive, and you may have gotten mold at it uh, or gotten sick from the mold there. So now when you're dealing with the entire world has COVID, it's pretty darn hard to prove that that's where they got it. I think that's probably the least concern that a a short-term rental host should have is whether or not there's liability that someone might get sick in their short-term rental. That's going to be a real hard one to prove that they did. Do you agree? Now, as we're recording this episode, the the Airbnb 40-page whatever hasn't come out yet. But we there's grumblings that they're going to require or or give you the option of allowing 24 hours between or whatever the hours is between a guest checkout and a guest check-in. Regardless of people's feelings on that either way, what do you think? Do you think that's a safety precaution we should take as hosts? Should we let there be more time between the guest checkout, the cleaners coming in, and then the next guest checking in? Or, or are there any industry experts out there who are commenting on that? Most people are saying 24 hours now. I personally think it's more for marketing than, than it is for science. The science says if you go in and disinfect, it's gone. It doesn't need 24 hours to be killed. So the idea of leaving the vacation rental or short-term rental or hotel room or whatever space, hospitality space that, that people are talking about, empty for 24 hours, I think is mostly being uh, put out there in a marketing stance. People can feel a little bit better that, hey, things settled a little bit in here. Um, and any virus that might have been in the air, which again, the science says it, it doesn't last in the air very long, should be gone. So I think it's more of a comfort level thing. I think that's probably going to be the standard for a month or two. And then I think people are going to realize, you know, it's been disinfected. It's clean. Let, let's get to work. Let's start uh, enjoying our stay here. Um, there's no need. And I think you've, we've even seen cases already where renters have been told, based on some guidelines, some property management companies have said, where, hey, looks like we're, we're going to go to 24 hours. And some of the renters are going, no, 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 don't change our stay. We'll come in. We'll disinfect when we get there. We don't care about that. So I think that um, I don't think that's going to last very long. And do you think, and I know this is all, none of us have any idea right now. Um, I think it's very interesting that you say cleaning is going to become such a large part of the marketing. Does it, does it fade over time or do we believe that cleaning is now always going to be part of safety po- protocol? It's going to be that way for a long time. I think it'll be that way longer than it was. And I use this analogy and I'm careful. I try to be careful how I use this analogy, but I think it's one of the better ones that's out there. You know, after 9-11, the National Guard was manning every airport in America with an M-16. Not one of those was ever fired at anybody or even threatened to be used. That just was a perception that people wanted to have to feel comfortable to start flying again. And I think um, for the foreseeable future, probably longer than, as I said, the National Guard lasted in airports, to feel comfortable, people are going to want to know that there's very good cleaning protocols in place. It's going to be hard to back down from that. It's going to be hard to say, well, there really isn't much of a virus anymore, so we're not cleaning as well as we used to. I think the new standards are being set right now. Agreed. When when the travel uh, shelter in place is lifted, 
what are you going to, what areas, what do you think immediately? Because I think um, Sarah and I talk about this a lot. I I think there's going to be this post-COVID urgency of people having things on their personal to-do list and or bucket list of like places they want to see or family and friends that they need to see or want to see. And they're going to want to to get after and not procrastinate on these things that maybe they've been putting off. What do you think? Are people going to start traveling right away? And and is it going to be, you know, uh, airlines? Is it is it driving? What do you think? What do you already see is going to happen? Or can you foresee happening? And is there going to be this huge rush for people in the short term rental and vacation market? Our, our company leader, um, Jeremy Gall at Breezeway, uh, talked to our company about this, talked to our team about this a couple of weeks ago. And I agree with his statements wholeheartedly, which are 100%. The cruise line is cruise lines are done for now. And you think about the millions of people that go out on cruises. Who wants to go on a cruise right now um, and be trapped in a cabin and potentially have an outbreak on the ship they're on and be stuck at sea? And it, it, we've just seen all that play out in the news. Um, that would be horrible. So now what are those people going to do? They still want to travel. Now, then you take into account international air travel. Um, a lot of people in America love to go to Europe in the summer. No one's going to be traveling, at least in the near future, internationally. It's just not going to happen. Then you take the next step down. So what's left? What is left is staying in the United States, not having to go too far because a lot of people still aren't going to be comfortable flying. So you're really narrowing it down now to either a short-term rental or a hotel. And hotels are typically stronger in direct urban markets like New York City or Miami. Who wants to really go stay in New York City right now? Um, That's going to be a little while. So once you really kind of funnel it down, you're looking at drive-to destinations, less than a day's drive, and you're looking at short-term rentals. And I think there's going to be a huge surge for people wanting to stay in short-term rentals because their options are so limited on where they could go travel otherwise. Love Which that is news. great news. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just say it again. Let's say Let's celebrate that. Celebrate that yeah. again. Um, so before we hit the record button, listeners, we were chatting with Justin. And he mentioned something about... Because I was asking him, I was like, what do you think? Do you think travelers are going to trust the hotels more than short-term rentals. They do have, you know, probably more marketing power and they're corporate, right? So a lot of a lot of short-term rentals and vacation rentals are run by smaller um, companies or even single, you know, single individual people. And Justin was saying, right, but then you you think when you go to a hotel, you see the cleaning staff with their cart going up and down the hallways. You know, they got the cleaning spray and you, we can see them, right? With short-term rentals, it's very rare that you see the person cleaning your spaces. So you're really relying on something unless you stay with that host a lot. The guests really just, they don't know. And and I was, we were chatting with Justin and one idea we had was, what if we had a picture of your cleaning team and you or just your cleaning team as part of your your marketing efforts on your short-term rental listing. And your caption can say something like, Hey, we're your cleaning team. We're, we're, we are passionate about taking care of your short-term rental. We want to let you know we're doing everything we can to make sure it's safe and sanitized. Justin, do you still think that would be at least a nice little step for something simple that hosts can do, listeners can do to ease the minds of any guests who might be worried about staying in a short-term rental? I, I said that idea, Sarah. That sounds like a horrible idea. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
No, I think um, I think it's really good, and I, I would just further add to that that you know you might have a uh, a cleaning team or a cleaner that's a little shy and doesn't want their picture taken, and it, it, tell the story. You know, write a small blog post, talk about you know who your cleaners are. We don't typically do that, but right now the cleaner is the most important part of the short-term rental industry right now. The most important part, and highlighting what they do, how they do it, what experience they have, I think is a great marketing tool to help yourself stand out from your neighbor when it comes to offering your short-term rental. When I look and see that you know Jessie and her daughter Susie live up the road and they clean floor rentals every, every day and they have six years of experience and these are the type of chemicals that they use and they're passionate about this and passionate about that. I'm going to feel a whole lot more comfortable going to stay in that rental than the one that I just don't know who had, who was there, what they did. I love that. And I love that that is something that would was genius pre-COVID, but now post-COVID, like that is something I don't care if it's, you know, in, in 2020 or 2021. I love that that can be a part of your listing and a part of your marketing moving forward to, to highlight that, you know, there, there are... Our turnover teams are like the short-term rental frontline workers, um, and we need we do need to highlight them and and show show our guests who's there because they are you know so important to this day. I they love, I love that idea. Heroes. They're the new heroes to our industry, and I don't, mm-hmm. I certainly don't want to say that in the same breath that we talk about grocery workers and healthcare workers right now. All right, heroes. but they are the heroes to our industry. Yes. And um, they certainly are going to deserve a lot of recognition. And think about it. We're talking about increasing cleaning fees because they're going to have to work harder. They're going to have to work harder. It's not like people are experienced at cleaning. It's In some some markets, it's very hard to find someone to come clean your short-term rental. And now you're going to try and find someone to come clean your short-term rental that you know is going to do a good job. And oh, by the way, they need to stay twice as long to do what they used to have to do. There's a lot of hard work ahead for, for the people who do that type of thing. Justin, is there anything we haven't asked you that you think our listeners should know about or think about moving forward? There's a couple things that I just want to touch on that we didn't that I think are important. Um, we did talk earlier about porous surfaces and soft surfaces. I think it's it's difficult to wash between a turnover, duvet covers, and throw pillows and things like that. So I think now's the time as you're starting to gear up to start thinking about if if you don't have throw pillows that you can throw in the wash and wash on hot water and then. Um, dry at high heat afterwards and have them ready by the time the next runners show up. You may want to start shopping around to have a second set. And that's unusual. We haven't really dealt with a second set of throw pillows before, maybe for duvets. But I think that's that's something you need to start considering. And the other is to just be careful of some of the things that are out there that are being pushed on the market that really aren't going to make it different. I've heard people talking about using ozone generators no need for getting into doing those. In fact, the EPA is saying don't use ozone generators, especially in homes. They don't recommend them. I've heard about people wanting to put UV lights in, using probiotics that are pumped through the house. There's a lot of different little small industries and ideas that people are coming up with that aren't proven. The bottom line is it's just elbow grease and some good disinfectants are, are what it takes to ensure that you're 
your rental is prepared um, in a clean way for the next people to show up. Those are excellent advice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I even like, honestly, I even like the spare throw that, I mean, obviously for the circumstances that, that we're in, but I never thought about having extra throws because sometimes like, you know, someone might take one or something might get spilled on. So it is good just to kind of have backup um, if if you can. That's a, that's a genius idea. And then I know Sarah and I get asked that question all the time about how often to wash the duvets and duvet covers. And I think that's, that's sage advice of like, let's just start buying extras of all of these things um, when we can. So I think that's great advice. Do you have one one more minute for me to quickly talk about? Oh, of course. We'll keep we'll right. keep it we'll keep it running. Let's go. All right. The other I, I don't want people to forget what I've been a, a guest on your show for before. And while this cleaning is the new safety, we need to be careful and still remember the smoke detector is the most important item in your short term rental. They can sleep on a hardwood floor, but if they don't have a way to wake them up in the case of a fire, you need to make sure that all the other safety things are still in place in your short-term rental and you're staying focused on all of those. And it's so important right now that you're also careful about cleaning around your safety equipment. For example, carbon monoxide detectors are very sensitive and you can't just spray Lysol or cleaner or Clorox cleaner too close to that um, because it will ruin the sensitive equipment inside of that. And then uh, you don't have any way to detect that anymore. So just continue to be mindful that while cleaning is part of safety, safety is still a big overall picture that encompasses a lot of things that will ensure... I mean, the reality is, and we talked about this earlier, very, 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 very small chance of someone um, getting COVID after they've stayed in your clean short-term rental. But very high chance, higher probability that they can slip, trip, and fall if you haven't ensured that the rental is safe for them to walk around in. And that's where the biggest accidents occur right now in short-term rentals. No, those are all great reminders. And actually, listeners, if you want to hear more of Justin Ford, he's got some great things that we need to remember that if we don't do that, if we don't check the carbon monoxide, if we don't check the smoke detectors, if we don't have the fire extinguishers or the addresses of the places where our guests are staying clearly visible, you know, we're responsible for that. So check out episode... Thanks for visiting episodes number 46. It's our introduction to Justin Ford. And he kind of chats about why safety is so near and dear to his heart. He was also a guest on episode 50, where he discusses the eight danger zones in short-term rentals and how to fix them. And then I think we had you one yeah, other time. Episode. Yep. That was episode 57. So, um, and this will not be the last time. I hope, Justin, I hope you'll come back because, you know, it's just great to have someone who's just, this is all you do. You just focus on safety situations in short-term rentals and vacation rentals, correct? Absolutely. That's that's all that it is. Cleaning now is part of it, but uh, it's it's all about safety. And uh, I travel around the world doing that. I actually even saw since our last episode, I saw Annette in Gatlinburg, uh, Tennessee, which was really exciting. Yes, it was fun. And I learned lots, actually. What and... were you guys doing there? Wait, well, tell our listeners what you all were doing there. We were there. Why were, we were there for a vacation rental professional manager conference. And... Um, if you remember, Annette, that was in late February. And one person, just to date the time, one person raised their hand and said, 
Hey, is anybody starting to see any uh, slowdown in bookings from this uh, yeah. thing out of China? <laughs> and everyone kind of looked around the room like, what's that guy talking about? Right. Right. Uh, yeah, that seems like, wow, that seems like such such a long, Another long lifetime. time ago. <laughs> yeah. But Justin, let's tell, our, um, let's tell our listeners, especially if this is the first time um, they've heard from you, let's just let them know in the show notes, we will link to the wonderful organization that Justin works with, Breezeway. And you just really briefly, do you want to talk about the safety certification that um, we support and that um, we link to in our show and just go through that? Because I know you talked about the cleaning checklist a little bit. Let's talk about the safety just to let them know that that's out there still. Yep. So we created at Breezeway a safety checklist for short-term rentals. It's very unique. And why it's so unique is because we took not only a look at the data that's out there that says where typical accidents happen in the home, you know, cooking at cooking errors on, uh, on kitchen ranges or um, smoke detectors and fire extinguishers, that kind of stuff. But we got into insurance data and said, hey, where, where are all the claims coming from for accidents and short-term rentals? And then went even a step further and looked at all the legal cases that are out there. And based on that, we have a checklist that I say, if you follow it, will put you in a position where you can almost 100% prevent an accident in your short-term rental, at least from a liability point of view. And that checklist is really easy to walk through. It takes you about 15 minutes to go through your home if it's already up the standard. If it's not, it just helps get you to where you need to be and helps address a lot of different things. I love to remind people, 83% of all accidents in short-term rentals come from trips and falls. And that's the number one thing that I see set up so poorly. So this checklist will guide you through it. It's less than $100. And for your listeners, we do a a discount further than that. They get certified. They get a nice sticker that they can place in their short-term rental and use for advertising that says that they are committed to safety. And um, best of all, if they work with proper insurance, they can even get a discount on their um, insurance premium for the year. In some cases, I'm seeing people save up to $400 a year on their insurance premium because they've met this commitment to safety certification. That's a huge deal. Listeners, we also chatted with um, Proper Insurance episode 58. And listen, you know, there are other insurance companies you can work with. Annette and I, we don't want you to, you know, ever think that this is the be all and end all, but they are a fantastic company. I personally use Proper Insurance on my short term rentals. So, you know, we stand behind what these companies are doing. And you know that we are hosts with heart and we all about, we love the profits. We love all the fun stuff like that that comes with running short-term rentals. But our responsibility is great. And we just want to make sure you have all the things that um, keep our guests safe, buttoned up really tight. I think we. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. How about you? Sarah? I do, Justin. Thank yeah, you so much Justin, for your time. Thank you so much. Uh, we will spend time with you guys. I love your commitment to this industry. And... Um... It's it's always fun to spend some time here with you. Yeah, we're gonna make it through this little, you know, hiccup, if you will. Oh this yeah, little we got this. Change. Yeah. So Justin will be back, but uh, we thank you again for being on the show and sharing your knowledge with us. All right, listeners, I am Sarah Karakayan. I am Annette Grant, and together we are thanks. Thanks for, for visiting. visiting. <laughs> we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. Head on over to the show notes for this episode at thanksforvisiting.me. 
If you're looking to take your listing to the next level and show your guests how much you care, be sure to check out our line of thoughtful hosting products from hosting checklists to custom mugs to toilet paper stickers. So we've got you covered. And if you love our show, remember, sharing is caring. Please hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Awesome reviews help us bring you awesome content. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to hanging out with you next week. Thanks for visiting.